I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment, the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head. I could do my own internal, like, yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears. I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as the Spiritual Midwife, and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, a woman's work facilitator, mentor, and coach, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and to truly claim their birth as a rite of passage. If you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then please visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com or connect with me on Instagram as the underscore spiritual underscore midwife. Now, if you love this podcast, then please consider taking a moment and leave a review as this is how you can help us reach more women around the world with these natural and empowering birth stories. The Natural Birth Podcast also has a Patreon page, so if you'd like to shout me a cup of coffee to show me your appreciation for the podcast, then you can do that there. Thank you for all your support and love. It's deeply appreciated. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Jade. Jade is a mama of two, of the age of 23, from Kansas, USA. She's a photographer documenting women in their most honest, raw and poetic way possible, simultaneously as she's studying to become a doula and a yoga teacher. A lot of people might think that she's too young to have already brought two souls into the world, but she believes that this is what she was meant to do. Because when she birthed them earthside, she also rebirthed herself into the woman that she is today. And in this episode, we will touch upon her first standardized Western medicalized birth to then dive into her second empowering natural hospital birth. Curious about Jade? Find her on Instagram as Jade. Mackenzie. Hi, Jade, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. It's early in the morning, but I'm all ready for this. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, we tried to um, have an interview last week, but I had to cancel due to a mama going into labor. So I'm so grateful that you could uh, swap over to this week and meet me here early in your morning to have a chat about your natural hospital birth. So you're in Kansas and I know that you've shared that you have two babas, one one one-year-old and one three-year-old, and that with your first, you had quite a medicalized 
kind of normal standard American birth, I would say, and Western birth maybe. Um, and and your experience that that time made you reconsider for your second Baba how you wanted to birth this time around. So I can't wait to really dive into your second birth, but do you want to just kind of share with us a little bit about falling pregnant the first time, how you ended up kind of with the standard American um, kind of labor and birth scenario and how that affected you and what made you choose to not do that the second time around? So my daughter, we conceived uh, three months into our relationship so very unplanned and I was 18 at the time when we conceived her and I was 19 when I gave birth to her and I didn't do any research I was the definition of young and naive and just listened to what everyone else was telling me and everyone around me told me to just get an epidural and do whatever the doctor says And so my water broke early in the morning and I didn't have any contractions or anything. So they automatically induced me. And so I had like the whole nine yards of the induction process. And so when my daughter finally was born, I remember being completely out of it because of how strong the epidural was. And I couldn't even walk until like my daughter was born at like 11 30 in the morning and I couldn't walk again until like 6 p.m and I knew instantly from that moment like I did not want to do that again yeah and the fact that I couldn't like get up and move was just like not for me and so uh before I conceived my son I actually reconnected with a best friend and she gave birth to her son completely natural and so that kind of like showed me like oh that's a thing you can do that (laughs) and so instantly I knew like okay that's what I'm doing whenever I give birth again and so like a couple months after we reconnected I conceived my son and that was August of 2020 that we conceived him and he was planned so we were like, oh, we, we want another and we didn't want them too far apart. And so we can, we planned to conceive him. We just didn't know like when that was going to happen. So we just kind of let it flow. Yeah. And so he was born or conceived not long after that. Beautiful. You know, you mentioned that your waters broke and then they just automatically induced you. So for any mama listening, it's the first time mom, if this happens to you, just know that you don't have to be induced if your waters break. And it's just important for everyone to know that, that, you know, you have options. And so the risk with breaking your waters and not going into labor is infection, right? But you can, you can make sure that you minimize risks of infection, not putting anything up your vagina, not maybe having baths and, and just, um, just waiting for labor to start by its own. Most women will going to labor the first 24 hours after their waters have broken. And then the rest, most of most women will have a baby within uh, 72 hours. Very few will not go into labor during uh, those uh, 72 hours. So it's just something that I really wanted everyone to know in case you're a first time mom and you're faced with your waters breaking before your contractions 
start. Um, if you are going with an independent midwife, you might have much less pressure to be induced than if you're going, for example, with a hospital or with an obstetrician. But just FYI. So beautiful. So your baby, uh, second baby, was then consciously conceived. And did you do more prep this time around? Did you do any kind of reading or research or anything like that? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Like the amount of prep literally took up the whole pregnancy. Like the whole time I was reading and watching videos. And at the time, we couldn't really like afford like a whole on like course to like give birth naturally. And so I found a YouTube video or YouTube video, a YouTube channel and uh, she is a doula herself. And so she uh, shares about all the different things that can happen and all the, li- all the little things and ways to um, prepare yourself like before labor and then like things to do during labor and all the after birth things. So we learned like everything from that. And I even made like a whole playlist of ones that I wanted to watch before we got to 37 weeks and ones that my husband had to watch before 37 weeks. Cause I told him once I'm in like the whole birth zone, I'm not going to be able to like think of all these little things. Mm -hmm. So you need to be there for like when I need something. I love that. And so, yeah, it was great. And I am a avid yoga a person so I actually did uh yoga like all through my entire pregnancy which I think really helped honestly and helped keep me like active because just being active is like the biggest thing for me and so uh actually a few days before I went into labor with my son we went for a hike and we accidentally did a nine mile hike Whoa. Don't recommend that to anyone, especially because like we lived in Maryland up in the mountains. So it's like uphill, downhill, like crazy hiking. Wow. We only went to do like how many weeks for you when you did that? Uh 39 weeks. I gave birth 40 plus three. Mm -hmm. So that was a total accident, but Afterwards, I felt great because I was like, I did that. (laughs) (laughs) But definitely not recommended. (laughs) So uh, I went into labor on, well, prodroma labor at the time on Friday of like April 30th. And uh, it was just like, I remember waking up and I was like, oh, that's a thing. And it was just like little tinges here and there. And they weren't very consistent at all. And I remember telling my husband, I was like, today might be the day. (laughs) And he was like, okay. And so we just kind of like went throughout our day and they didn't become any more consistent at all. Like it was like maybe once an hour, right? one or two an hour. And it was just like here and there. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know what prodromal labor means, um, that is that your 
labor doesn't establish. So you can go for days sometimes having what you just described on and off, like on and off contractions, maybe, yeah, like a few an hour or can even sometimes pick up and be quite regular, but it's not um, progressing. And that's what's called prodromal labor. Yes, that's exactly what happened because we went to bed that night with nothing at all like really happening. And I woke up the next day and the exact same thing happened. Um, I would say they maybe became like very, very slightly more intense, but like still like nothing at all. Like you could still just completely move throughout your day. Like there, nothing was happening. I actually went to like a uh, garden store, like my local like garden market during that day, just to like try and give me some like high vibrations, go pick up some plants because I wanted to start a garden. Mm. And so I went and did that to try and like pick me up. And I kept... My biggest like mantra through this was just like, it's still, I'm still progressing. Like the labor, the paternal labor is here for a reason. Mm. And like, just let it do what it needs to do. Don't get too like down on it. Yeah. Were you able to, to sleep during that night um, between the first day and the second day? Yes, I, I did sleep. And then I actually, like the night came, I think around like 5 or 6 p.m. I did lose my mucus plug. Hmm. And then uh, I slept again the next night. Um, And then Sunday came around and I went through most of that day completely fine, like still with the normal paternal labor where it's like very sporadic and they became more intense but not too crazily intense and through this time I was still in contact with my midwife but it was like we talk like once a day yeah just to like keep up with like this is what's going on but nothing really has started so that's so great that you could sleep through it because some women will have days of paternal labor and they'll pick up during the night because it's still, because during the night, right, is when our melatonin is high. It's usually when, yeah, contractions might get really, you know, a bit more stronger, a bit more closer to together. And then in the morning, it might fizzle out and you have that day of like very regular coming and going, you know, that kind of prodromal labor. So that's quite a blessing that you then um, maybe had that three day long kind of prodromal labor, but it was mostly during the day and you had that opportunity to actually sleep and kind of get your energy back yes that was something my midwife would ask was like were you able to sleep and I was like yeah yes thankfully I was able to sleep um and so Sundays when things started to pick up we actually had a call with a doula uh like midday um on Like it was like the first time ever talking to this doula because I found out like only a few days beforehand because I had my like last midwife appointment and they asked me if I had a doula. I was like, we wanted one, but we couldn't afford it at the time. And they were like, oh, we no one told you about this uh, plan that they had that gave 
uh, low income people, doulas. So wow, that's amazing. That's a program. Oh my goodness. That is such a blessing. What an amazing program. Yes. Like when she told me that, I was like, wait, there's a program? Like, okay, yes. Give me all the info. And so I contacted like the program that day and we were able to get Adula and we weren't able to meet with her until that Sunday. And so during my like pedromal labor, I was in contact with her and was like, hey, this is what's going on. I know we haven't met like fully yet, but just so you know, like here's what's kind of the down low of what's going on at the moment. And so uh, after my like call with my doula, I comp- I called my midwife to see uh, what she wanted to do because I was like, okay, this is the third day now. And they did become more intense. Like I remember sitting there through my call with the doula and like actually having to like sit there and take a moment and just like breathe through it. And they didn't last very long. And I think that's something that helped. Like, I just kept having to remind myself was like, once it got like to like the peak, I was like, okay, it's going to go down now. Just like breathe through it. And like mindset was honestly the biggest thing for me. And so I called my midwife and I was like, what do you want to do? Like, do you want me to come in? Do we get checked? Like, she was like, no just stay home and we'll just see if you progress more. I was like, okay. And I remember getting off that call and my husband came into the room and I completely broke down. Mm -hmm. I was like, I cannot do this. Like, it's just going to keep going forever. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, he's like, no, it's not possible. And he was like, why don't you like go take a shower or something and just like get your mind clear again. Mm And so that's what I did. And it like totally helped because I just like completely just like lost all like confidence and faith at that point. Yeah. Cause you were kind of probably wanting to, wanting the midwife to say, oh yeah, it sounds like you can come in now. And when she said, oh, just stay at home. You were like, no, I'm just, no. And I get that, but you know what also it's, it's also because we know as midwives, like we know that women labor best at home and we want to keep you safe. And actually, if you want to be safe and you want to have a physiological birth, the best place to be is home and to really just rock up at hospital when you need to birth your baby. Yes, no, I totally agree on that. And I really was just like, wanted some sort of thing like you're almost there kind of thing I was like it's three days now and so that night actually I didn't sleep I could not sleep Mm. Uh, they had become so intense and they were still very sporadic which is I think something that really made it more confusing for me on like what was going on because they didn't I was timing them and they were not like getting very close together or if they were it wasn't very consistent and so to me I was like oh nothing's happening then like it's not we're not in like full-blown labor 
Yeah, because we kind of have this idea. Yeah, exactly. Everything you read, like we have this idea that established labor is about three contractions in 10 minutes lasting around a minute, right? But some women don't have that typical uh, labor. So we have to keep that in mind. Not everyone is going to be the same. However, most women will have more of a regular rhythm for a longer time and establish in that way. But for some, it doesn't. So when you say this, um, what was that looking like for you at that time during this evening, kind of early night, when you say they were still not regular or like they were a bit sporadic? What is that for you? Like one every 10 minutes or two every 10 minutes? Or It was probably like one every 10 minutes. Yeah. And sometimes it would feel like 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And so it was like between 10 to 20 minutes. And so to me, I was like, okay, we're, we got a long way to go. Yeah. And I did end up like having surges like all through the night, but around like they did, they were very, not like super, super intense, but they had become pretty intense. So I would like have to like breathe through them, but I was still able to move and do normal things and like play with my daughter or like read books or things like that, just to like kind of keep me on a regular schedule and just to help my mind stay active to where I wasn't trying to put like bad thoughts in there. And so around like 11 PM, I lay down and because my mom was like, you need some sort of rest. Like you've got to try and sleep. And I laid down and I was like, I can't do this. Like I couldn't sit or lay down once they became very intense because I just felt stuck. And so I needed that movement. Mm-hmm. And so somehow my husband, I guess I slept for like an hour. That's what he says. He's like, you slept. I was like, I, I don't think I did. But he like rubbed my back and I guess I fell asleep. But I was, I know I had a couple surges through that time that I was like laying down for. Uh, But I remember getting up, it was like midnight, 1 a.m., something like that. And I told him, I was like, we're probably going to be here for a while. Like, go to bed. And so he went to bed and I labored like through the through the night like on my own and so like we had the room dark and I had my birth playlist of like just like calming music playing and so I just kind of kept rolling around on my birth ball or bouncing on it and just like trying to keep myself like in a zen mode because at this point they were like to where I kind of just had to be like in that birth zone and I couldn't do anything else and I think the room being really dark and I just had like a couple fairy lights on, I think that really helped things progress because I was just like really in a calm state. And during this time, and, was it still just kind of every once every 10 minutes, once every 20, once every 15, or did they ever get more closer together during that night? So during that night, they did get closer together. At that point, they had moved to probably every like eight to 10 minutes. Okay, cool. And then around like 3 a.m., I went and finally went into like a bath. And I had planned on like using water for a lot of like my labor, but 
I was scared to get in it too soon. Yeah. And I because I thought that it would end up nullifying after a while, which I definitely don't think is true at all. I remember doing like the same with like an epidural, but like I was just like really nervous that it would nullify. And I was like, afterwards, I was like, why didn't I just get in earlier? <laughs> but at that point, I stopped really like doing a lot of movement and I really just kind of like laid in the water. Mm. And so they did become like further apart to like that 10 to 15 minutes. And I believe I called my midwife around like 4 a.m. and was like, hey, this is where I'm at. Like I'm in I'm in the water right now. And they've definitely become more intense and stuff. I was like, okay, so what do you want to do? And she's like, well, I'll call you in an hour and we'll see like what happens. I was like, okay, sounds good. And uh, I remember she called and I had like almost fallen asleep in the bath. And so I actually missed it. And I had to call her back like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. later. And I was like, sorry, I fell asleep. (laughs) And so she was like, so what's going on? I was like, well, I wouldn't say I progressed much. Like when I was moving, they were like five to six minutes apart. But then if I like just kind of laid there, it'd be like that 10 to 15 minutes apart or sorry, eight to 10 minutes apart. And she was like, okay, well, let's have you come in and just get checked and see what's going on. And so that was around like five or 6 Mm a.m. And so I got up and I was, I had to go wake my husband up and I was like, hey, we gotta wake up. We gotta like go to the hospital and see what's going on. And so while he was still like waking up, I was like running around the house, basically trying to make sure we had every little thing to take with us in case we ended up staying. So like I had like my birth ball and I had, I actually had made like a whole vision board and I, which was really nice to have. So I had that in the car we had like all the bags and I, this time like brought pillows because hospital pillows are not comfy at all. And so like, we wanted to make it as homey as possible. Yeah. And my doula had actually planned to have, um, like lights and she had like the peanut ball and everything. If we ended up needing that, which ended up not actually happening at all because of how quick things progressed when I got to the hospital. But when I didn't realize it at the time, but by the time we left, which was around like 730, uh, I, they were, they had moved to being one to two minutes apart. And through this time they had become very, very, very intense, like extremely intense to where I had to completely stop doing anything at all. And just like, I had like, I remember I would like put my hands on like the counter or like the table and just kind of like lean over and like breathe through it and just like try to move, like sway side to side a little bit to help. But they had definitely become like so extremely intense to where I was completely like overtaken by them to where I couldn't do anything or like even like think about anything else. And we were living with my parent-in-laws at the time. And so we had 
thankfully my father-in-law wakes up super early and so we were able to just be like hey we we have to go to the hospital can you like watch our daughter kind of thing and they're like yeah like of course and so we finally left and we got in the car the car was a literal nightmare because I had to like sit there Mm -hmm. and so I couldn't move and I just felt stuck and I remember my husband holding my hand through it and I literally feel like I had like 30 dang surges like so many surges like through that car ride because it was a 30 minute drive to the hospital for us because we lived like in the mountains like in the middle of nowhere and so I remember we had gotten into like downtown area which is where the hospital was and we kept hitting all these lights and I could see like a sign saying like where the hospital was and I was like at this point I'm going to get out of this car and I'm going to walk there myself <laughs> because I can't sit here any longer. Cause it was like, we were hitting every red light. I was <sighs> like, why, why now? Oh God. The and car ride is like the worst when you're in labor. It's like, Oh, I just wish we could, you know, invent tele- or teleport already. <laughs> so you could just like teleport yourself where you need to go in labor. It's just that it's such torture, isn't it? For most women, very few say that it's a good experience. I would say so, because it's like so hard to be able to like uproot yourself completely from that birth zone that you're already in and your body's like comfortable and your mind is comfortable there at home and you feel safe. And then you have to like get in a car and move around and all the craziness of a hospital. But like, Something that is still so crazy to me is that we were on state Medicaid, which is like free insurance, health insurance for people who couldn't afford it for anyone who like doesn't have that in their country. And so with that, though, they don't actually cover most most birth centers, nor do they cover a home birth. Actually, it's like giving birth like free birthing without like anyone is um I both I could be wrong but from what I read was like not really okay here in the U.S. which I think is completely crazy because we kind of know what we're doing yeah you know you can absolutely free birth um it's not illegal to free birth however obviously takes takes a very um well-researched um woman um to to make such a decision and have good good support around her of lay people that can help as well yeah and it's very frowned upon here for sure actually like even the idea of like natural birth is still extremely like looked down upon I would say because when I told my family that this is what I was doing I remember bringing up like I don't even think I had talked to my husband about it at the time and we were just like talking about birth stuff like as a family and I was like yeah I'm gonna give birth naturally like I'm not gonna get an epidural or anything and my husband looks over at me he's like you're doing what like why are you going to do that like he didn't understand Mm. why I would put myself through this Mm. he was like just have it there is an option. I was like, but I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. And it took actually until like 
three months out until he was like one night it was actually New Year's Eve night and he was like I get it now wow and he was like I understand why you're doing it I was like yes finally and when he like finally understood it like made things so much easier yeah can you share what it was that made him understand and and what what are the reasons that you wanted to have a natural birth and what was it that made he kind of clicked on to at that point that this is why so the reason why I wanted natural birth is because I was so out of it Mm. when I had the epidural Mm. and also that my OBGYN did not listen to what I wanted with my birth plan and so I would say my first birth was pretty traumatic for me because I, one of the biggest things I did research was that I wanted the delayed cord, camp, cord clamping. And I was like, cause this is like really, really important to me. Mm. And that was like the only one thing that I kind of held on to for her birth because everything else had already kind of been like planned out for itself. And my doctor didn't listen to that. Mm. And they cut her cord almost immediately. Mm. And so that stuck with me. Mm. And that also feeling of like not being able to move because I wasn't able to move again until that evening. Mm. And just also being like super out of it, even after she was born. Mm. Like I remember they gave her to me like right afterwards. I did have that golden hour with her, but like I was just so out of it. And I was like, didn't know really what was going on. And so I was like, I don't want this. And I wanted something better. But at the time, I didn't know what that was until I met my best friend, like reconnected with her and she did natural birth. And so like for my husband, he had a lot of the same thoughts that most people here in America do. Um, And that's birth is a medicalized like emergency Mm -hmm. and when really it's just like a natural process that happens and you can't you can't put a time on it you can't like go by like a certain book and so he was just like he started to understand like why I wanted it for myself he was like okay I get like you want to have that freedom and he kind of just I think broke away from the natural society that was like kind of like, you know, rattling in his head. And so I think him being able to break away from that and just kind of like listen to what I was telling him, I think Mm -hmm. that like made him understand what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so with it being a hospital birth, I was scared of it not going the way I wanted to because of what happened before. But that's not necessarily going to happen. Like, when you have a midwife that is going to be there at the hospital, I think really that really helps because midwives understand usually more of like the natural process than an OBGYN, at least in my opinion. Not yeah. that's not all true with OBGYNs, really, but yeah, and it really depends what kind of midwife it is and how they work. So, if it's for example, midwife led, that's very different to if it's like obstetric led and there's maybe more nurse midwives caring that are more assisting the 
the obstetrician in a sense, right? Or if you have like even more, so if it's an independent midwife or maybe a birth center midwife. So you can definitely have different kinds of midwives, but it sounded like you had someone that maybe was a bit more understanding of physiology and how to support natural. Yes. So I was in a midwifery. And so there, it was still like through the state. So of course there was... Uh, there was an OBGYN, I think that actually was in that midwifery uh, care, which I think is kind of strange to me. But there was three different midwives that I saw throughout my pregnancy. And I could have had three different ones. It just depended on who was on call that week. Mm-hmm. And so actually that weekend, the, those three days that I was in uh, that intense labor before I went to the hospital was actually a midwife that I personally didn't like. She never gave me like good vibe. And I think finding a midwife, especially if you can choose that you actually like feel like you vibe well with is so key and, and crucial because my, this midwife, uh, she consistently kind of gave me a vibe that like she didn't fully believe that you could do it natural because I remember telling her my what happened with my last birth and we went over my birth plan and I was like yeah I don't I don't want an epidural and she was like "Mm, you may change your mind I was like what no no like I don't I don't want one you should like fully support that yeah And so I remember coming out of that and then just like not feeling good about it. And so when I knew that she was on call that weekend, I was like a little down on that because the midwife that I had like really vibed well with and loved, she like started working for like Monday through Friday, like the next week. And so... I always like to say that like my, my son manifested my midwife because by the time we got to the hospital, my midwives were in change. Mm. So my, the midwife that I loved actually ended up coming to the hospital and she was the one there. I love this so much. And I also just have to say this, that yes, your son might have been a part of it, but you probably also potentially waited for her like unconsciously maybe maybe you were having this prodromal labor because you did not feel like you wanted to go and birth with this midwife yeah because like when I found out because I saw the midwife that I loved uh like a couple days before I went into labor and she like had told me about how what was going on with like the midwives and like how they were going to be timed out through like the next two weeks because one of the midwives was actually on vacation And so like, I knew that she was going to be on call this week, that, that weekend. I was like, I don't want to (laughs) go. I don't want to go into labor. Like I kept telling that to my husband. I was like, I don't want her. Yeah. And so maybe I did subconsciously. Maybe you did it. Maybe, maybe you just kept your labor at that kind of very slow pace in the beginning to give you some time to buy you the time to have them if you wanted. You know what? Like, yeah, we're powerful women, you know. Um, if we don't feel safe, we don't birth. We just don't. We just keep that baby in. Sounds like you did. 
And I think that's like the crazy thing too, is just like making yourself feel safe. Do you want a natural birth mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision-making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? Then the Natural Birth Course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com. so when we got to the hospital I was just like in tears when we had parked and we got out of the car and like I was bawling my eyes out and I was telling my husband I was like if I am three to four centimeters right now like I'm not going to be able to do it like I'm going to end up having to get an epidural because I was just done I was emotionally tired I was physically tired and the surges had just become so intense that like I couldn't even like think Mm. and I think it became worse one because at the time I didn't know this but I was in transition Mm. but I think also just because of that feeling of stuckness in the car I think also really like took a huge toll on my mind. Yeah. And when we got into the hospital, we like walked in there and we left everything in the car except for like, just like the birth bag, just like the small little bag that had like all the information in it. And that was it. Cause like, Oh, if we're going to stay, we'll just bring it in later. Mm-hmm. And so we went up to like the front desk and you have to like, be like, Oh, we're here for this. And we're like, okay. Um, my husband was like, my, my wife's in labor and they're like, okay. And they pulled around this wheelchair and I looked at my husband and I just like gave him a look and he was like, can she walk? And they're like, no, she has to go in the wheelchair. And I literally, I started crying. Like I was like, I can't sit down. And so I had to sit in this wheelchair and they had to roll me to, uh, triage and I I we had to stop I think like two or three times because I had to get up yeah and I had multiple surges through the time that I was sitting in the wheelchair but like some of them I was just like I, I have to get up like I can't 
sit here. That's a stupid, to, stupid rule. You should just have pushed that freaking wheelchair. You should have gone behind. You just your husband should have sat in there and you should have pushed him while walking. That would have been much better. I know. <laughs> I was like, well. how yeah, I was like, how can you force someone to sit down when they're literally telling you like, no, I I I can't. It was crazy to me, but when we got into the birthing ward, uh, they had to, we had already done like most of the pre like registry stuff, but there was just a couple other things that they wanted to do. And so my husband was handling that because I left, like I put everything in a folder and I was like, here it is. You take care of this because I'm not going to be able to. And so like, I ended up getting up out of the wheelchair and just like standing there with my hands on it and just like leaning over and swaying Mm -hmm. and like breathing through all these surges. And it took like what felt like forever. Mm -hmm. Probably was like maybe only like five minutes. Who knows? It probably wasn't even that long to be honest. But when you're in that zone and it's like super intense, you're just like, everything's like a universe long thing and so when we finally got into triage like actual triage area which for I don't know if that's normal for like other countries but you have when you give birth you have to go into this triage center and they have to like check you and make sure that you're actually in labor before you can like actually go into yeah no that's a stupid American thing as far as I know I I'm not recognizing that either from Sweden or Australia and, and many other countries. I think that's bullshit, but I guess that's because most, this is just how it is. Most women will come in and get induced or be very, very early in their labor stages. But yeah, it's terrible when they, when you obviously are so full blown labor, you should just go straight into the birthing suite. No, and I totally agree uh, because I don't even like, I'm still like, like don't even understand why they did this because they like we went into triage and I'm obviously in full-blown labor like you can look at me and totally tell and they gave me this cup and they're like we need you to pee in this cup why like please tell me why so I remember being in there like in the bathroom trying to pee in this cup and it took me so long because at that point like they were already intense, but they had become so intense that I started like screaming in a sense, but I wasn't like, I wasn't like full-blown screaming. It was just like minorly like howling, I guess, to like try and help relieve some of the intensity. And I remember my husband being outside the door and he was like, are you okay? Like, do you need help? And I was like, no, no, I totally got this. (laughs) And Finally, like, peed in the cup and came out and no idea what the heck they needed me to pee in a cup for. Like, what was uh, the point of that? Oh, yeah. They, you know, I don't even know either. I mean, they can check for, they can check, for example, to say, there's many things you can say with, with being in a cup, but it's so not necessary, especially not in your case. You know, you're going to have a baby soon, obviously, with, with what you're telling me. Yep. Yeah. And so we went into like, they, like these, like sheet, like they had the curtains and stuff. So it's like kind of curtained off because everything's kind of like out in the open. Cause it's just in like one tiny room. And so we went into this curtain room and 
the nurse came in and she was going to like check me and see like what was going on because at this point like I didn't want to do cervical checks but one to for at least for an American hospital if you want to come into the birthing ward they actually have to give you a cervical check like without yeah. that you're not allowed the in the person is the admission check to see that you're <laughs> yeah it's, it's so ridiculous it makes me absolutely so frustrated and angry but yes I know you know this uh and so that was like a requirement but the other thing is like since we were already on this was literally day four I was like check me because I like mentally need to know where I'm at like I need to know I'm progressing Mm -hmm. so she was like okay we're actually gonna wait to check you until you like are in the system and they wanted to like wait and I was like okay whatever and um so she like walked out of the curtain area and probably like a minute later I I definitely felt him drop and I I feel so bad for all the other mamas that were in there because like the birthing was completely packed that day like crazily packed and I'm in there screaming my head off like I full-blown like scream through one of my searches and afterwards and I'm like screaming and then I'll be like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and like the the nurse came running back in and she's like okay let's get you checked and like my husband had like pick me up put me on the table or not the table like the <laughs> on the like bed yeah. and so she checked me which also was like in the midst of another surge which is it's just cervical checks in general are really uncomfortable mm-hmm. And so like that kind of like, I feel like gets in the way of things, but anyways, she checked me and she was like, oh, you're eight centimeters. Let's get you up there. And so they like rushed me off into like the, into like a birthing suite. And when we finally get up there, like there's nurses galore, like just surrounding me (laughs) and like, it was mass chaos and like I'm just trying to like be in my own little space. Yeah. And at this point, like my while we were in that birthing uh triage center, I forgot to mention this, but like we had called my doula and we're like, okay, we're headed to the hospital kind of thing. And so she was waiting at the like front desk area to be like let in mm-hmm. until we went to a birthing suite. Like she wasn't allowed to go until she was cleared and like we were in a birthing suite, which I think it's kind of crazy because like, even when you're in that like triage center, sometimes you're in there for a while. And I'm like, why can't you have your doula in there? Especially because like, that's kind of like a good amount of time that they're doing other procedures. Mm. And so it's like, your doula is there to help you. For anyone who doesn't know what a doula is, Mm. she's there similar to a midwife, but isn't like medically trained and she's there to help you and like give you your birthing rights. And she usually has your birth plan and she'll help you keep on track to that. And she'll let you know things are going not like how you planned. And so like they're here in America, they're not allowed in the triage center, at least for me, she was not. And so she didn't come into the birthing suite until like just a couple minutes after we got into the birthing suite. 
so we were there for good like 10 15 minutes probably before she was even allowed in Mm. and so mass galore of nurses and they did in, they didn't like put on a full IV IV because I didn't want all that, but I know they put like one of the like little things in my arm because I wanted it there in case something did happen. They put a cannula, it's called. Yeah, they put an IV cannula just in case. Yeah. Yeah. And oh my god. Again, just... this is definitely something that you don't need to agree on, but yes, it's something that is regularly done in hospitals, especially in America. Yeah, I didn't want it, and but I was like so kind of out of it and I don't think my doula was there at that time and my husband was still just like kind of like trying to be there for me at the time too and so this is 2021 to put in perspective so it's the still admits of COVID and so especially in hospitals and you have to be like in masks too so like I'm we're wearing masks you have to to wear a mask as well Yes, until you get tested and they clear you as not having COVID and then you can take it off. And so that is another thing to like kind of preface of what's like picturing like what's going on here. And so like I'm sitting on the edge of the bed, like on the side and like some of the nurses are kind of finished with what they were doing, but they were still like doing other things like getting things ready for when baby came and this one nurse is like sitting there trying to give me the COVID test. And, you know, that's like up in the nasal and I'm like screaming my head, like my head off to like to the universe. And like, they keep trying to do it. And I keep pushing them off. And I'm like, I can't, like, I don't want them sticking that like up my nose, like in the midst of search. Cause I was like, that's just going to like go right up there. Cause I move. And I finally hit a complete like null state and everything just like becomes quiet and my body is like resting which if you don't know your body usually does this right before you're about to like give birth Mm. and of course like me I'm like not thinking about this at all and so the nurse like I fully hit like no state I'm like sitting there and then she just goes like straight up my nose like does it really quick and then leaves like I didn't even give it all clear nothing and like oh like just like that was something like I was already nervous about because I had never gotten a COVID test before that and so I knew that was something they were gonna have to do and I was just like I am not okay with this but we don't have a choice kind of thing Mm. and so they did that and all the nurses left. So it was just me, my husband and my doula. That was it. We were the only ones in the room. And next thing you know, like it was probably only like a minute later. And it was, I was sitting there and I got this huge surge and I swear I was like, he's coming. Like, and so my husband like pulls me up. Like, I felt like I could already feel his head at that point. Like, I remember putting my hand down there and was like, I, I think that's him. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just too out of it. And so, like, my husband like pulls me up on the bed, and I'm not even pushing at this point. Like, I don't push. Like, my body just does it all on its own. 
And so I get up, like, he pulls me up on the bed, and I'm, like, kind of laid back, but I was, like, reclined, so I'm, like, still sitting up, really. And my midwife, or not my midwife, my, my doula's there, and she's, like, trying to help me, like, breathe through it. Because, like, when she first came in, I was, like, screaming. At all she knew, I was, like, eight centimeters. And so she was, like, all right, try to breathe through it because she didn't want me, like, pushing too soon and, like, tearing. And so she was, like, let's, because it, and when I got up on the bed and she was, like, are you, like, kind of, like, are you sure, like, he's coming just because of how quick it was. She wanted to make sure I didn't tear. And so she's, like, trying to help me breathe through it. And next thing you know, like, you just start seeing his head. And my husband runs out of the room and he's like we need a doctor in here and this is his first natural birth and so like he doesn't under like obviously like this is like overwhelming Mm. and he could see like his head come out and like he said that he I wish we had pictures of this because I would love to see this I've seen other pictures of it but like not mine and he so his head was coming out and the sack was still encased over his head and so he said it was like a like purplish color like uh, like clearish purplish and you could like see his face which I think is so cool and so once his head came out uh the sack burst and then he came out right after that and a doctor did like some random doctor did actually end up catching him and then like then my midwife like because my midwife was in like the midst of coming in when he like as he's getting like birthed by me and so like I kind of in a sense I'm like I birthed my son like all on my own like no one else helped me because literally like he just like popped right out like within like a few minutes like Mm -hmm. I didn't I felt like the ring of fire for like a second it feels like Mm -hmm. and then it was like done like, I really don't think I even, I didn't really even push. Like there was probably like one or two surges, I think. And then it, he was just like out and my body was like ready and he was ready to come out and just came right out all on his own. And so they, the doctor, I think put him on me and he was up on me. And then my midwife came in after that. And so I'm like, I still have like the placenta and everything and the cord still fully attached. And my midwife knew that I wanted to actually like birth my placenta before we Mm. had cut it and also to make sure that it was all the blood had come through. It was white and not pulsating, pulsating anymore. And at this point though, the cord was like not super long. So he was like up on me, but I could feel the cord pushing up on me a lot. And it was super, super uncomfortable. And so after a few minutes and stuff, like I hadn't birthed the placenta quite yet and it had gone white and stopped pulsing and all that. And so she was like, do you want to cut it? And I was like, yes, please like cut it, like get it off of me. Like I can't, do it and my doula was like over there she was like this is this is different than like what's what you wanted and I was like yes I know thank you but I want it off like I can't do it anymore and so they cut that and I think at the time we're also like trying I'm trying to breastfeed him 
at the time, like while while the whole placenta thing is going on. And and um we like he's like breastfeeding and the placenta that like gets things going and the placenta comes not long after. And so that was like all normal. And then you know, he did like the hour, like golden hour time with me. Mm-hmm. And I think he breast, he like breastfed from like both boobs. Mm. And then they took him away after that. So we just have little Beckham, the one-year-old boy we're talking about, uh, joining us. So beautiful. You had skin to skin and breastfeeding on both breasts and having the golden hour. And you got that delayed cord clamping, which was so important for you from the first um, for anyone who doesn't know, if you don't actually specify that you want to have delayed cord clamping, then professionals, especially in the hospital system, will cut the cord uh, somewhere between the 30 seconds and a minute after birth, which a lot of the time means that you're robbing your baby of a third of its blood because as soon as it's still pulsating, a lot of rich oxygenated blood and stem cells all of that beautiful blood that's supposed to go into the baby is still pulsating through the placenta. So you got that with him. I'm so happy. Yes. And I'm really glad we did uh, because I really think that helped him, especially with like, just like the normal days after like being born. And when he got taken away and they were like doing his measurements and everything, we opted out of the eye cream that you get here I don't remember like what the name of it was but I think he also he did get like one of the shots but we opted out of the eye cream because I was like we don't need that yeah and uh my husband my husband looked over at me and like they're put they're sitting over there pushing on like my stomach to make sure I don't have any like blood clots and all that kind of stuff which they have to do but is highly uncomfortable and you're just like leave me alone I birthed the baby like I'm done Mm. but my husband looks over at me and he goes guess what his weight is and Mm -hmm. I think I guess like something to do with like around the date that he was like born and that was wrong and he goes six pounds three ounces 20 inches Mm. which for everyone who doesn't know that's the exact same size that my daughter was born so it's just like very interesting that my body just kind of knew exactly the perfect size to like birth my kids and so I was like wow that's amazing and at this point like all the nurses are still like kind of looking at me like this woman just birthed her baby like fully natural like all on her own kind of thing and so my midwife was done with like all the stuff. Like they stopped pushing on my stomach and everything. And well, we're probably like about two hours now after birth, I would say. And I'm like, I, I need to go to the bathroom. And so they helped me like get up and I get, it takes a while to like get up out of the bed because it's just like, you feel like you have like a rock or like a boulder holding you down <laughs> where you're like, but is basically, and you're just like, I. so it took like a little bit to like actually get myself up off the bed, but I like was able to get up and I went to the bathroom and I came back and they handed me Beckham and I was holding him. And 
they were like, do you want to sit down? I was like, no, <laughs> like I'm already up. I'm standing, I'm moving. I don't want to sit back down. And so like, I'm in there just like standing, holding my child and like all the nurses are like, that's crazy. Like, I remember apologizing for the screaming because I felt really bad because like at the, because while I was pushing per se, my body was pushing, mm. which um, I, the surges were very intense and I was full blown, like screaming to the world. And I remember apologizing because I felt so bad because I was like, I'm scaring all the other moms that are in here. <laughs> and they're like, no, you're good. Like most moms that are in here are doing that. And they're like not even close to giving birth. And I was like, okay, I feel good. <laughs> like I feel better about myself. And I remember us like being in like the birthing suite, like they moved us to like a room to where that has like the bed and like there's a bed for my husband and that's where you usually stay for a few days after you give birth um, because you're not usually allowed to go home afterwards which is I know normal for like a birthing center you get to go home after a couple hours like after they've cleared it it's all good but that's not that's not the case at a hospital which was a little annoying but also kind of nice because then we didn't have to like take care of my daughter right afterwards Hmm. which I think helped a little bit because imagine trying to take care of another one while you just birthed the baby yeah but anyways uh all the nurses like new nurses that we would get would come in and be like oh you're the one who did that birth (laughs) and so like Apparently, our birth was just like the talk of the town there up in the birthing ward, which I think is pretty cool because I'm like, maybe maybe others will finally like hear and like learn like, oh, this is possible. Yeah. And I just remember being like on a super like high. Yeah. After like for days afterwards. And I remember my husband like now, even now he anybody who he meets that is pregnant and like we end up talking about birth uh he's even like go natural like now he he pushes for the natural birth which I think is amazing because like to him too just like being able to experience and like watch me do that to him was like so like crazy and I guess must have changed something in him too because Mm. he now tells people about it Definitely. Because beforehand, he was obviously like on the whole other side of things and he wasn't, you know, like, okay with <laughs> the whole like natural birth thing. When and you don't know, when you don't realize what you see, when you see natural birth and you see physiological birth and you also get to experience, because he experienced that too. He experienced the difference about you know, seeing you having a medicalized birth and how that was and felt. And he experienced you having a physiological natural birth and how that felt in him. Because the thing is, when you have a natural physiological birth, there is a cascade of hormones released. Like there is just this extreme high of oxytocin. And he would have felt that. He would have been gotten high too. We all get high from the oxytocin released in the mother. It's so, so strong. So you can feel it in the room. And that doesn't happen if you don't have a physiological birth. You don't have the same release because those cascade of hormones 
that doesn't play out when you when you interfere with with what happened with you the first time. So he would have felt that. He would have been able to feel it in the room as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I remember us like we would just like look at each other and then like grin really, really big and then just like start laughing. And but my doula is like still here. Like she's just kind of like in the background, just like watching over everything. And like, she was there for me too. Like when my husband like walked over with like my son and they were checking him, she was like over with me. And she also helped with like the latching process with my son with when we started breastfeeding, because for me, like that, especially in the beginning, it was nerve wracking because my daughter, she couldn't breastfeed. Like she just, she had so much fluid and stuff like up in her like throat and nose and everything. So she ended up not breastfeeding until she was like two months. And I just popped for that time, which was like really stressful because, and like hard, especially when it's your first birth. And she literally would just like scream at my boobs. Like she'd be scared of them. So when he like automatically latched and like was actually breastfeeding, uh, it was just like the most amazing thing. Cause I was like, yes, yeah, no issues. Like his birth was the pinnacle of exactly what I had envisioned. And I also like to say that I manifested a like mermaid birth, which is a term that I know people use when your baby's like born in sack. Hmm. and because I remember reading about it when I was pregnant and I told my husband about it and I was like this would be so cool and it's like very rare and so I was like this is I remember telling him I was like it's super rare so it's probably not going to happen but he did he was born in sack which I think is so amazing and also made things more confusing since my water never broke through those three days but Another thing I didn't say is that from the time that we got to the hospital to the time that he was born, it was only 30 minutes. Wow. (laughs) So it was like, my body was already ready. Like if we had waited any longer to like leave the house, he probably would have just been born there to be honest. And which wasn't definitely what we weren't planning for, but would have been totally okay with me. For sure. I remember like thinking about, it. I was like, maybe I'll just stay here. <laughs> maybe I'll just stay right here in this tub and I'll give birth here. And yeah. I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. But I already knew that my husband wasn't comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And like, he was already like, before we had, he had like understood the whole natural birth thing. Mm-hmm. He was, even afterwards, he was still like nervous about home birth and about even a birthing center because he was like, what if something happens? Yeah. And I'm like, it's not, but I also can't be like a hundred percent sure. Like nothing's going to happen because you never know. But I originally like really wanted a whole birthing tub, like Mm. here at, at my house and not like having to move like places and everything. But that just like, wasn't in the cards for us. And I think next time, like if we do give birth again, I definitely would really advocate and like try to get that. But even though we had a hospital birth, like it's totally possible to have like a really blissful 
natural birth, like in hospital, long as you like advocate for yourself, you do the research, you have the people there and like the right birthing team around you. It's totally possible. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. What a story. And I love also, you know, the wisdom of the Perdomo labor, like why do some women have this? We don't know. Right. But there's, you know, birth is so multi-layered and you know you don't just birth physically it's like mentally emotionally spiritually culturally you know it's just all of these different layers and you know maybe it was your baby maybe it was you not wanting that midwife maybe it was just your body and how your baby was lying and needing those days to position baby you know who knows what was going on there unconsciously or consciously and then you know, really, if we look at it, when you actually got into established labor, you didn't have many hours of laboring before you actually had your baby, right? And that's usually what we say as well. Like when you have your second baby, you had babies before, it's usually half the time of the first as well. And so you wouldn't need as well as much uh, time to really um, get that baby down. And also you've already opened the channel once before, So what an amazing birth, how empowering and beautiful to have that, which you wanted. Yeah, it was really, really amazing. And definitely like, not only did I like birth my son, but I like rebirthed myself Mm. and I definitely saw a change in just like my spiritual self and like, just like who I am now. Mm. And like, I live my life differently now. And I mean, that happens when you become like a mom and even when you become a mom again with another child. But I think being able to experience that natural birth definitely like changes how you see the world. Yeah. Changes how you see yourself. Like it makes you realize how fucking powerful you are. Excuse my language. (laughs) Yeah. So if you had a first time mama in front of you right now, she's about to have her first baby and she really wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience. What advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her? I would say the biggest thing is mindset is key. Like the mind is such a key factor in how you birth and being able to like remind yourself like, that you can do it and that even if you are in prodromal labor that your body is still progressing and it's still doing what it needs to do so just like keeping your mind in check and having those things set up that you already know that helps your mind stay in a positive place and just being educated just like having that as much education that you can on and feeling comfortable mm-hmm. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jade and little Beckham for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much. I am so happy that I was able to share and hopefully give some pearls of wisdom to all the other mamas out there. I remember listening to this podcast through my second pregnancy and it was honestly like the best thing to just like sit and listen Beautiful. Well, it's been an honor to have your story shared and I'm sure that many mamas will find uh, find wisdom and aha moments in listening to it as well. 
A quick reminder before we end this episode, we are at the end of May and there's only three days left to grab the village discount and the spring special coaching offer, the two private coaching sessions with me for the price of one. Both offers ends on the 31st. Our Mama's Q&A circle with me will be back this month in June, as well as village sharing circles and monthly themes. In June, we will dive into the womb's wisdom within the village and work with healing, connecting and deepening our relationship with her. And if you join the village now in May, all of this will be available for you for only $5 a month. I can't wait to dive into the womb mysteries with you this coming month. I'll see you inside the village. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please share it. Grade it on iTunes and leave a comment. If you want to connect on social media, you can find me on Facebook as The Spiritual Midwife or on Instagram as The underscore Spiritual underscore Midwife. Thank you for listening.